Okay, I have a story to tell that I have uh, been not telling in part because, frankly, I'm over it and it just doesn't matter. But it occurred to me that there's a bunch of things that I've learned from it that would probably be quite helpful to a lot of you. And so I'm going to share it in the hopes that it is... um, So bear with me, it's a bit of a wind-up. So, as most of you know, I have a Christmas tree farm, and as part of the Christmas tree farm, I sell bales of balsam brush, boughs, really, the skirts of of the big stumps that the Christmas trees come off of. Every couple of years, the skirts get cut back, and I sell the greenery to other wreath makers. And one of my biggest customers in this regard has always been this garden center down in the local city. And they've been buying from the guy I took the farm over for decades, and they've been buying from me for 12 years now, 13 years now. And I always hated it, uh, driving, I hated having to drive these big loads of balsam down through the city to get to their place. It always felt like, well, it began to feel less and less worth it. Originally, it was a big chunk of money in a time in our lives when that was very important. But I also didn't like the guy I had to deal with. He was just, there's something about him. He's a, he seems like a laid back guy, but there's something I don't know exactly how to describe it. There's something sort of dismissive about him that I just never liked. And I also just didn't like, well, anyway, I'll get into other things as we go along. So this time last year, I'd I'd sort of had enough. We'd had a a handful of things in the past and, and I'd had enough. I'd had enough of driving there. I'd had enough of dealing with him. And I wrote an email to the business and said, you know, I'm sorry, but we're not, we're not selling brush next year. Please find another supplier. Thank you for all your, your business over the years, but don't count on us. Well, the guy calls up in early November, like he always did and said, okay, I'm ready to get brush. And I said, didn't you get my email? He said, what email? I said, the email I sent in January saying, I'm no longer selling brush to you guys. He said, no, I don't, I don't know what I'm supposed to do now. You know, we had this sort of awkward thing where I really didn't, I wanted him to say, okay, I'll get it from somewhere else. But I also kind of knew that, like, he was a bit screwed because, oh, well, I'll never know if he, if he genuinely didn't get the email, which I find hard to believe. He's not, he's sort of the head of a department there. So perhaps he really didn't get the email. And I'll also never know if he, Felt like he really couldn't get brush from anyone else. But I ended up saying, okay, well, I'll, I'll do brush for you this year, but you have to come pick it up. I'm, I, you know, I've made other plans with my time. I don't have time to sell it to you. Okay, well, all right. So that actually seems like a big improvement, right? I no longer have to drive down to the city. So, you know, half of the things that bother me about this customer 
taken care of in one fell swoop. Oh, the other half is that he, he he calls me up when he's running out of brush and wants, you know, everyone wants it sort of at the last possible second. But it's harder with him because there's always this sense of like, you know, can you do it sooner? How about tomorrow? Can you do it tomorrow? So I end up rescheduling my my work each time he calls up in order to fill these orders, which, you know, they're big orders, but they're not crazy big in the scheme of things. And I'm feel a little grumpy about it, but still, they're coming to pick it up, so it's about as convenient as it can get. <clears throat> and then we finally get a check from them. And the guy has deducted, well, only $70, which is really relatively small amount, but he's deducted that amount from the payment, saying that the last load of balsam that he got, there there were too many stems. And he sort of calculated all of the weight of the stuff that he couldn't use in it, and had deducted this amount. Well, that made me mad. Because, first of all, I'm accommodating him in all sorts of ways. I am accommodating him and selling him brush at all. I'm also accommodating him in that, you know, when he wanted that last load of brush, I shuffled around my schedule in order to get it to him. Right? I'm working as fast as I can to get it to him. And I also make sure that every load he gets, and he knows this, is overweight by a significant margin, 30, 50 pounds. <clears throat> and... He also knows that this is what he's going to get when he buys from me. It's not like he's a new customer. He's been a customer for 12 years. And so I I wrote to his boss. I, I left him a uh, voice. I didn't write. I left a voice message with his, his boss, the, the office manager, and said, you know, this is not acceptable. You don't get to just withhold payment because something doesn't meet some standard that you've decided. I need to be paid. And then I receive uh, an email from him saying, you know, got your, got your message, which I actually didn't appreciate that she didn't get back to me. I, I figure if I'm, I can understand from her perspective that, you know, well, kick it down to this guy, you know, clearly he's the one with the miscommunication, but if I decide to deliberately reach out to you, that means I want to talk to you, not to the person that I bypassed. If I deliberately bypass a person, you need to respect the fact that I bypassed them for a reason. And, okay, so I get an email from him saying <clears throat> all of the things, you know. You know, and, and one of the things he said was, look, your predecessor had this certain standard and you know this is this is the standard that I, that I'm expecting to buy and your prices keep going up and we've had to come uh pick up at the farm now this year you know and we have other people we can buy from that was his those were his words you know we have other people we can buy from so you know this is the deal and I wrote back to him and I said, you know, look, we've been having this conversation for 12 years. I'm not my predecessor. You know what you're getting when you buy from me. You know that this is coming. 
prices keep going up because I have the demand to justify prices going up. You should expect more of the same in the future. And the fact that you're now picking up is because I saved your bacon this year, but you dropped the ball in not figuring out who you're going to buy balsam from. And I said yes when I had already told you that I wasn't selling balsam to you. You know, if that's this is this is the deal. No, no, this is the deal. And then I received a very terse email from him that basically said something like, okay, well then don't, you won't need to inconvenience yourself to sell to us again in the future. I'll send you your check. A lot of feelings about this. A lot of things to learn. The first is good riddance. That's the first feeling. Good riddance to that dynamic. The dynamic of having someone take you for granted and keep telling you that that your work is not up to their standards. When I'm the one who defines the standards and he's the one who should decide if he wants to buy from me. And... But the second larger point is that I'm so glad that I never allowed my business to be taken over by a bunch of very large customers that could have that real power over me. These guys are worth $2,000 to me in business. And probably less, because the opportunity cost of selling to them means I'm not doing something else with that time. Now, can I make $2,000 with the same amount of time? Maybe not, but I can probably get close, right? I can probably create about, well, at least $1,500, and probably more like $1,800 worth of value with those same days that would then be free for me. And there's no shortage of customers. So really, the difference is they're worth $200 to me. Right? And I think we forget when we find ourselves in situations like this where we feel like someone's holding their business over our head. First of all, Keep in perspective exactly how much business they are holding over your head. Maybe it's not as much as you think. Maybe by the time you spend that time doing work for somebody else, you could have made as much or more, or at least close enough that it's an easy thing to walk away from. And the second is that... The second is that it's so valuable to be able to say no to somebody and not have it be the end of the world. And that's why I and that's why I've always set up my businesses being leery of, of having one customer that I sell to, you know, one large wholesale contract. 
this is how business, how industry after industry gets itself into problems. You set up a business that's wholly dependent on one large customer buying all of your stuff, right? This is how a lot of supply chains work. You're specialized in some component for a, a car and you set up your whole system to do that and then you have no leverage over the corporation that's buying it from you because you don't have any other customers. Well, on a very small scale, that's what could have happened here. If I had said to them, you know, I'll make all of your wreaths, I'll supply all of your balsam, I'll make all your wreaths, like, I'm not saying that that was an option here, but if somebody like him had that kind of power over me, how miserable would I be? And how much would I have given away all of the benefit of working for yourself? So, I think it's important to be wary of getting yourself into that position and also to work assiduously to reach a place where any dynamic like this is relatively small potatoes compared to everything else. So one of the reasons I said I hadn't talked about it much was because it just doesn't matter to me. You know, the fact that next year I won't be selling to these guys and we'll be doing something else with that time and maybe earning, you know, a couple hundred dollars less than I otherwise would, it just doesn't matter. And the benefit of not having to think about this guy ever again is so nice that I really had, I don't think I'd even talked about it with my wife. She knew that there was a situation, but she didn't know the, the conclusion of it. It just doesn't matter. And that's the thing I want for all of you, is to get yourself to a place in life where the things that are bad, the people who are trying to get one over on you and hold that power over you, just don't have a foothold. They don't even have a fingernail hold on you. To me, that's what it means to be bulletproof, is to be in a position where You can cut your ties with somebody and it doesn't, it doesn't even matter financially. And there's a downside to that because you do lose some efficiencies in having lots of smaller customers rather than just a few larger ones. But what you gain in the certainty that no one can treat you that way and keep you stuck in that dynamic is so much greater. And I wish it for all of you. Thank you for listening. Talk tomorrow.